Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libro Cubicleist. This show is a journey into all the media I have consumed in the past undeterminate amount of time. Yay! Or nay? Uh, if you're listening, let's say yay. If you're not listening, well, you're not hearing this. So let's say nay. The possibility exists that you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility as it could spoil things for you. And I don't want to do that. I'm not time spoiling the fruit you leave out on the counter, which is something the missus does that drives me nuts. You know, let me vent here for a second. Yeah, at the top of the show? She will buy, uh, it's usually berries. Berries is probably the main culprit. Um, uh, blue, raz, straw, any of the above is the, the defaults, let's say. Uh, she'll buy them, you know, get them home, wash them, and then leave them on the counter, and then they will rot because they are on a counter and not in the fridge. I buy berries, do the same, aforementioned, cleaning, uh, and then I put them in the fridge, and they last uh, much, much longer. Whereas uh, we're throwing out berries left, right, and center, and it drives me nuts. And I say, why don't you put them in the fridge? And uh, uh, have never got a satisfactory answer. It's always just, I don't know. <sighs> Let's push a button <laughs> that will start the podcast like this. <clears throat> Today's movie monologue sponsor is Chico's Bail Bonds. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, got a uh, small uh, movie monologue for you today. And on that note, perhaps I should say, going to make the attempt to do a quicker <coughs> than definitely last episode. That was a long one, if I do recall. Uh, because I want to start playing a video game immediately after I record this. So it is calling my name, that game... Uh, you know, why don't I give you a little uh, little hint, because it will appear at some point uh, in a Game Gabin segment uh, in the future, uh, is Resident Evil 7. I'm going to attempt to play it. Uh, sometimes playing scary games doesn't go so well for me, in that they're too scary. Something about games. Uh, anyways, we're not here to talk about games, we're here to talk about Knives Out from 2019. Uh, a detective investigates the death of a patriarch of an eccentric combative family. Uh, yeah, so, uh, people who like the movie Clue, which is sort of an interesting phenomenon, uh, I, I think Clue is sort of the epitome of movies you had to have seen, um, sort of when it came out and have a, a very, very high nostalgia factor for in order to enjoy. <laughs> because, uh, if you don't know of the movie Clue and just sit down and watch it, 
uh, you're not going to think it's a great movie. Uh, it is sort of the consensus, and a consensus that I can get on board with, because I didn't watch it uh, back when it came out, whenever that was, um, and then watched it, you know, many, many years later, and uh, I didn't get to the hype. And maybe that's some of the problem as well, is the people who love it really, really love it, so they, they really sell it to you really good, and then you watch it, and you're like, what? Why do you like this so much? Uh, this, I would hazard a guess, is the opposite of that, because it is a very, very good murder mystery movie. Um, one in which, uh, something, they, they do something interesting, uh, you know fairly early on in this, uh, movie who the murderer is, um, so, so I, so I did enjoy that, uh, and, and you're sort of witnessing the detective in the form of Mr. Daniel Craig, I should say, um, sort of trying to piece it together, which which was interesting, uh, an interesting tack to take. We've got Chris Evans, we've got Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, a lot of big names in this. Christopher Plummer, jeez, uh, Tony Collette, so many good people in this. Uh, which is perhaps no surprising that it made for a very, very good uh, film. Uh, on that note, I think I can easily give this a 5 out of 5. Uh, this also falls into the category of movies I heard a bunch of people on podcasts talking about, uh, which sort of uh, uh, built up my interest. And I went into this with high hopes and then still giving it a 5 out of 5, which uh, I find is unusual. Uh, often that'll sort of temper my rating, I feel like. Uh, uh, quirky people, uh, good actors, an interesting plot. Hey, what's not to like of Knives Out? The title? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, uh, next and last, <laughs> The Bad News Bears from 1976. Oh, The Not Remake. An aging, down-on-his-luck ex-minor leaguer coaches a team of misfits in an ultra-competitive California Little League. Uh, ultra competitive, yeah, I suppose it is, but we're not talking like, you know, a rollerball here. <laughs> like, no one's gonna die, probably. Uh, Walter Matthau, uh, who, if you've never seen Walter Matthau in movies, he's good in them. <laughs> uh, and, and this is an example of his goodness in comedy movies. Uh, I, I would go, if you're gonna w pick a Walter Matthau comedy to watch, uh, of this era, definitely go The Odd Couple, it is a better movie by far. Uh, this one, this is the second or third viewing, I, I don't actually know, um, I remember liking it much more, so maybe, uh, some of the bloom is off the rose a little bit, uh, uh Rating. I, I'm still gonna go with four. Like there, there, there's laughs. It's interesting. It's just uh, the something of films of this era. I think maybe it's a pacing. Maybe it's. Uh, I don't know. It's almost hard to put my finger on. I, I do have a plan, which I actually forgot to do. Um, yeah, I'll try to remember that. Uh, to watch the uh, Billy Bob Thornton one, uh, and, and talk about that and sort of compare and contrast. Uh, maybe I'll make a note for myself right here. I'll say DL Bad News Bears Billy Bob version. There you go. Uh, and then uh, maybe I'll try to watch it for next episode. We'll see. Uh, see if it gets a high rating. I, I, I have seen it, and I do remember liking it as well, so uh, I, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, it's your, your sort of typical uh, bunch of kids on a sports team movie.
it's, it's a sports movie, it's a kid's movie, it's a comedy. What's not to love? There's <laughs> swearing. A couple uh, problematic words, obviously. Uh, I suppose that should be mentioned. Uh, you get a couple of uh, N-bombs dropped by little white children, which is jarring to say the least. Uh, so that's, that's pretty fucked up, needless to say. <coughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, the bad news bears... There's some bad words, bears. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Wine and Cigarettes. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, we're talking uh, a black book, seasons one, two, three. Uh, black books is a show I very much enjoyed. I have the DVDs. I don't remember if uh, I had watched it long enough ago to be on the podcast or not. I started the podcast in 2012. I can't remember when I watched them, but it's definitely been some years. Um, but uh, the fond memories I had of this show, these three seasons that are what are they like six episodes of seasons they're they're they're, they're teeny little seasons or series as they call them over in the uk as this is a british program um so uh, it, it's basically uh, uh it's the uh, black books is a bookshop the titular black books i suppose you would say <laughs> yeah Starring uh, Dylan Morin, Bill Bailey, and Tasman Greek. Hmm. Greg? Greg? G-R-E-I-G. However you would pronounce that. Uh, there's just sort of uh, not dissimilar to the misfits of the Bad News Bears. These are the misfits of the bookshop that is called Black Books. Hmm, how about that? Um, since this has come out, uh, Bill Bailey, I, I've seen in a million things. He does a lot of chat shows, and uh, I'm a huge fan of. The, the other two I haven't seen as much of, but uh, uh, tremendous acting, uh, uh, so many laughs galore. Uh, the JPMs, always incredibly high. Jokes per minute. Uh, rivaling, perhaps not quite meeting, uh, levels of uh, movies like Airplane. Uh, there's often things going on in the background, not dissimilar to Airplane, that are just sort of funny things happening. Uh, 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 sort of uh, Bill Bailey in particular, just sort of over-the-top performances. Uh, Dylan Moran, uh, a, a drunken Irishman. Uh, probably, ooh, 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 let's do this. Probably, if we're ranking in Let's, cranky characters, he may win the crankiest. Uh, who do you have? You're of your house? That's a cranky character. Um, Grinch, yeah, see, he gets uncranky, though. Mm, uncrankified. Uh, let's let's just say, Dylan Moran's character on this show, the crankiest character uh, in existence, uh, magnified quite often by the fact that he's hungover on the show. <laughs> uh, it was a critical success, winning a number of awards, including two BAFTAs oh, for Best Situation Comedy in 2001-2005. Okay, so... Uh, I probably did watch this before the podcast. Interesting. Anyways, um, highly, highly recommend. Uh, uh, this is a sort of quintessential British uh, comedy at its absolute peak finestness ossity. Uh, five out of five for Black Books. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know that we decimal system? 
Today's book banter sponsor is Zombie Earmuffs. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, starting a new book series. This uh, uh, book series is called Autumn. Uh, book number one, actually titled Autumn, <laughs> by uh, David Moody. Uh, let me read the Im, uh, the Goodreads to start. Oh, it's a long one. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, a bastard hybrid of world of uh, of world of war of the worlds and night of the living dead yeah that's somewhat accurate autumn chronicles a struggle of a small group of survivors forced to contend with a world torn apart by deadly disease after 99 percent of the population of the planet is killed in less than 24 hours for the very few who have managed to stay alive things are about to get much worse uh animated by phase two of some of the unknown contagion the dead begin to rise oh is this a zombie book yes yes it is at first slow blind dumb and lumbering quickly the bodies regain their most basic senses and abilities sight hearing locomotion as well as the instinct towards aggression and violence hmm. so is are, are we assuming that that is uh, built in to us i guess natural interesting held back only by the restraints of their rapidly decomposing flesh the dead seem to have only one single goal to lumber forth and destroy the sole remaining attraction in the silent lifeless world those who have survived the plague who now find themselves outnumbered a million oh, they didn't write it i had to <laughs> count the zeros there a million to one <laughs> uh yeah so uh it is a zombie book zombie series uh rather but uh it's sort of taken some different tacks which i enjoy uh the first and foremost is that uh, I, i'm uh halfway into the second book and still have no idea what caused it which i'm enjoying and i hope at least that we find out what the deal is uh how it came about and i hope maybe that's what we're working towards but there's 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 actually been no evidence that i've read that we're headed towards any sort of conclusion to why this happened um the things they did well was the description of the virus as it uh, sort of swept like wildfire through the world uh and what it did to people basically it like melted their insides and they were like like oozing blood from every orifice it was pretty uh, grisly and gruesome and uh, horrific to read which you know if you're in a zombie book good for you uh and then there was the coolness of there's like a couple of days of just like calm and uh, the, the the few survivors uh trying to figure out what they're gonna do next and an interesting thing there which like so curious a lot of curiosities of this one of my curiosities is how would humans actually react in this situation is david moody correct in that for the first couple of days uh, most humans most surviving humans just sort of do nothing like they're so in shock i guess to what has just happened that they just sort of lock themselves in their 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 homes and their uh, office buildings they just lock themselves away and do nothing um would that be how people react i, I i'm curious I, I i i don't know like i'd like to think i wouldn't react like that and that leads me to my next point and why i'm i think i'm enjoying these so much um I, I like i always have that sort of what would i do in this situation thought and sort of run through scenarios and, and it's like a fun <laughs> somehow somehow it's a fun 
uh, yeah, somehow it's a fun uh, exercise to sort of like just put your mind through in this situation. Uh, how would I react? What would I do? Uh, and uh, like any good person who has read and watched a lot of zombie stuff, you do have plans, don't you? I, I hope I'm not the only one who actually plans for things like this. I, I can't imagine. Like, is that part of the fun? For me, it is. Part of the fun of zombie stuff and end-of-the-world stuff and, like, nuclear stuff um, is just, like, thinking, okay, what would I do in this situation? Where would I go? Would I maintain my base in my home? Would I, would I head north? Would I head south? Would I, you know, think, things of that nature. And I, and I have plans. I have plans. Don't you worry about what they are. That's the other thing. You you gotta watch out for other humans, because quite often in zombie stuff, uh, it's not the zombies you have to worry about so much as your fellow humans who are gonna kill you, which is interesting. I don't think... Yeah, you know what's interesting? Uh, two, uh, one and a half books into this, and for a change in a zombie movie, uh, maybe because it's so early in, um, no humans have killed one another. Oh, a bit of a spoiler there, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, rating-wise, easy, easy, five out of five. Very much enjoying. Excuse me. And uh, curious to see where it goes. So far... Uh, the first half of the second book uh, introduced new characters, and I've just reached the point where the characters from the first book are going to meet the characters from the second book, which is very exciting, uh, and I can't wait to get into. So, thank you, David Movie Autumn. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Blind Irradiated Gorilla Glue. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we're talking Metro Exodus. Ah, finally available for uh, purchase on the Steam uh, video game sale platform, whatever you call that. Uh, this has been out for a little while, and you could buy it on the Epic Game Store? Or no, some other game store, I forget where. Um, and I uh, was tempted to, but just the idea of having to buy games on multiple different platforms is not appealing to me. And when I found out that eventually it would make its way to Steam, I decided just to wait. Plus, I uh, had the theory that perhaps the price would go down, and when it was first made available on Steam, it was on sale. I think it was like 40% off, so, you know, got it for a good price as well. And... Uh, I've played all the Metro games, thoroughly enjoyed them. I think I even replayed one of them. Maybe I did, I can't remember. Uh, these are, these are just incredible games, period. Um, first-person shooters, uh, set in a post-apocalyptic, uh, th in this case, nuclear post-apocalyptic world, uh, in Russia primarily, although, uh, of the Metro games... Uh, most of them just take place in sort of the underground, uh, with maybe some missions to the surface that's heavily irradiated. Irradiated Moscow, for example. Uh, this one, as the sort of title implies, Exodus. Uh, we leave Moscow behind uh, fairly early on in the game and are traveling in search of, uh, I guess, like, survivors? Mm, I don't know. Uh, if that's necessarily true, a, a, a place to settle down. Uh, and this is another sort of 
uh, maybe one of the reasons that I like this, because I, I sort of think, <laughs> well, I guess I, I don't know if I'll ever travel to Russia. It seems unlikely. Um, but if I was in a, a, a nuclear uh, apocalypse, what would I do? Uh, and, and they sort of have the right idea for the most part in that you're going to want to leave the cities because those are the places that get bombed and head into the wilderness. Uh, one interesting thing of this is that all the travel, all the sort of mass travel they do is done via train. And the curiosity there for me is like, are the tracks, none of the tracks were blown up? Like, uh, they should have thrown in at least once, which they never did, which was surprising, uh, a part where you had to uh, fix part of the track, like a mission where you needed to either find tracks or uh, repair track or uh, uh, repel mutants while the track is being repaired so you can get away in time. Something involving <laughs> track fixing I wanted, apparently, which I didn't realize until I just said the sentence. Despite that fact, it was still a very good game. Uh, creepy. Um, and they did a thing, they, they do a good thing in this as well, in that it's not just the, the mutants and the, the freaky monsters and stuff that you have to worry about, it's also your fellow humans. Uh, to, and they, they sort of emphasize this to such a degree that you can uh, choose to do missions uh, at night or during the day. If you do it at night, you got to watch out more for those monstrous things. If you do it at during the day, then the human element can see you better and, you know, shoot you and kill you. <laughs> so there's sort of a decision there as well. I kind of just went with whatever time it actually was. That's when I would do the mission. That way I got a, a sort of a, a mix and match of what I had to deal with, which I think is probably a fun way to go about it. Um, uh, the ending. Jesus Christ. Okay, so... Uh, I, I know I gave a spoiler warning at the top, but I'm going to give another one right now. Uh, skip ahead one minute. Uh, you die at the end. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, uh, you, you get to a point where uh, you're safe, and everyone's safe, everyone on the train is safe, and it's great, and you're going to settle down, but you, yourself, the person that you were playing, is dead and buried. Literally buried. <sighs> Anyways, uh, other than that uh, uh, ending, which was an interesting choice, uh, very, very good, easy, easy, five out of five, uh, highly, highly recommend Metro series as a whole, uh, read the books, uh, spoke about them, I do believe, on this very podcast, if I do recall, those were also incredible, just, just sort of this world that this, uh, do I have the, Dimitri... Uh, so Metro video game series based on the novels of Dmitry, oh boy, uh, Glukowski. Hmm, you know, that sounds like maybe I said that correctly. Uh, today's internet intercourse sponsor is Timekeeper Watch Repair, a real place in Clearwater, Florida on Highway 19. Uh, so I have a, a couple of internet intercourses here for you today. First and foremost, I don't know about foremost, but for, certainly first, uh, Comedy Bang Bang number 6 
43. Oh man, they're getting up there. Had to bring this one back. I uh, haven't brought back a comedy bang bang in a while. Uh, I should say it is part of the reason that I do this is uh, it was early on in my podcast addiction uh, way back in the day as I just started exploring the space. I stumbled across, uh, 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 I forget how, perhaps somehow through... I know Scott Ackerman was a guest on Kevin Pollock's chat show, and uh, uh, Kevin Pollock's chat show number one was the first podcast I ever listened to with LeVar Burden, as I like to say, or used to like to say back when that was still podcast. I came for the LeVar Burden, and I stayed for the Kevin Pollock. Um, so maybe that's how I found it. I can't remember, but uh, it's been my delight to listen to it ever since, and been uh, a part of it on... 12 or 13 uh, i think i'm up to 13 occasions uh I, i've had my would you rather scenarios read on the show by mr scott ackerman and played by the guest which is very very exciting um so all that combined with the fact that i haven't talked uh, about it in a while and the guests were two of my favorites we've got uh, uh jw stillwater vigilante crime fighter and of course, my favorite for a specific reason, uh, the timekeeper. Huh. Uh, also, just on an unrelated note, I'm a big fan of Paul F. Tompkins and Neil Campbell. Just, you know, unrelated, I know. Uh, something I have done <laughs> to commemorate this event is, uh, and I already, I will say, I already had this for the timekeeper. I plan on playing in a D&D game at some point uh, a character called the timekeeper based loosely off the timekeeper that appears uh, occasionally on the podcast comedy bang bang so uh, since I already had that at my beck and call I had a character sheet created for that character uh, ready to play when the need arises I decided GW Stillwater also probably make a pretty good D&D character so uh, should you go to the uh, uh, notes of this particular episode, you can click on two links and get D&D character sheets for both the Timekeeper and J.W. Stillwater, Crime Fighter, uh, Vigilante. There you go. I should say on that note, <coughs> uh, after clearing my throat, that... Um, uh, I don't know if iTunes, you'll, these links will be clickable. Maybe I'll just put the actual links and you can cut them, paste them. Um, but if you go to uh, Podbean, who hosts the site, excuse me, they definitely will be clickable. Anyways, that's all I have to say about Company Bang Bang 643. Other than um, these two, uh, um, these two lovable characters, and I mean that, you know, just we're all characters. Uh, that uh, that was a delightful and funny and quirky episode, as they all are. But this one really uh, hit me in the good comedy way so too did hello from the magic tavern season three episode 31 ah is that because it had on uh, uh, super egos matt gorley mark mcconville and the aforementioned paul f tompkins yes yes it was uh, <laughs> they played thieves <laughs> Which, you know, uh, in a uh, magical tavern, you're probably going to find some thieves, right? Just roaming bandits. Bandits, uh, <laughs> actually, I think bandits came up because in D&D, it's always bandits. Um, and they even sort of mentioned that they look down their noses on uncommon bandits, I do believe. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Paul of Tompkins, man. 
dream podcast guests just for any medium at all of podcasts this one included oh literally if i could pick any guests i think it would probably be him that's the, that's got to be the obvious choice right paul f, F. Tompkins. man i'd love to get his autograph on nerd cane which is sitting beside me right now Ooh, that would be a good one uh, so, uh, recommend Hello from the Magic Tavern in general. Uh, not too similar to Comedy Baming. I felt like I hadn't brought it back in a while, so uh, this particular episode was a good reason to do so. Moving on to last but not least, uh, Mages and Sages, which is another podcast. Uh, this one, at this juncture, only appears on YouTube. Um, it is audio-only but they, they'll, they'll throw up some sort of pictures, a, a, a slideshow of jorts, um, while, the, uh, while the audio is, is, is booming in your ears. And uh, it's one I think I've brought back before. I'm, I'm fairly confident I have. Uh, it's uh, uh, the Mages and Sages, one of the, uh, I suppose, titular sages. I get to use the word titular again, would be Mr. Ed Greenwood, which, you know what ties in? I just mentioned Nerd Kane. Should you wish to see uh, nerdy celebrities, such as Mr. Ed Greenwood, autograph a cane for some reason, and then said cane uh, being held in the hands of thousands of cosplayers, you could do so by googling Nerd Cane Adventures, and that's my cane that's sitting right beside me, uh, signed by Ed Greenwood, one of, the, one of the first person to sign the cane, in fact, who is on this very podcast mages and sages uh okay so uh they talk about uh, d, d related stuff uh role-playing stuff uh just sort of delve into lore uh not only lore of the realms but lore of sort of uh the, the books and the behind the scenes of uh, the companies and, and it's really a cool deep dive into this world and not just from the point of view of uh, you, you know, you, you, there's there's YouTube channels out there that I very much enjoy that take deep delves into the lore of the Forgotten Realms. This is not just that. It's also the lore of uh, early times in the companies of, of TSR and uh, Wizards of the Coast and, and, and Cobalt Press and, and, the, and, and video games. The uh, Really incredible deep dives into things. Uh, all very cool. What, uh, potentially, at least, for me, will be uh, even cooler, even cooler, uh, is they recently uh, announced on their Facebook page a, uh, from my perspective recently, from yours less so, uh, a uh, sort of a, a contest in which you could submit yourself to be a, a guest. I don't know if it's necessarily a guest on the podcast, but a guest of a, a, a Dungeons & Dragons session run by Mr. Ed Greenwood, which would be... Geez, that's like a bucket list uh, type of material there. Like, how cool would that be? So, I have submitted myself. And normally, you know, I, I sort of think, ah, what are the odds I'm going to win this thing? Uh, probably not so good. But the, 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 there was a sort of a combination of things that make me think, at the very least, have a chance. Uh, the fact that this is my 525th episode, I do believe, uh, plus all the special ones, um, means that at the very least I have some podcast experience. May not be good podcast experience, uh, as I just screwed up saying the word podcast there, for example, uh, but it is experience nonetheless. Then there's the fact that, um, I have played a lot of d and I'm a DM, and I'm also on a actual play D&D podcast, Fire Breathing Kittens, uh, a, a recurring guest on that. So 
uh, I've experienced in that as well. Um, the fact that I met Mr. Greenwood and uh, <laughs> shared a picture in my application of him signing Nerdcan. I don't know if that will help or hinder. Maybe they'll think, this guy's a weirdo, maybe and that's a negative thing. Maybe they'll think, this guy's a weirdo, and that's a good thing. We will see. Uh, I, I, no exact word on when they're going to be choosing who is the uh, winner of the particular uh, uh, thing. But uh, I will let you know. Definitely, if I win, I will definitely let you know. If I don't win, I probably won't know it, will let you know. Is how that will work. Uh, I do have a, a sort of tentative plan that uh, if when this episode drops in the future, they still haven't announced, maybe I'll uh, forward it along uh, in, in, in a sort of, hi guys, I uh, wonder if you've made your decision yet. Here's me saying nice things of you on a podcast. Maybe, maybe that'll help you to pick me. Huh? Bribery? we'll see um yeah we will see folks we did it except for oh let's not forget this what is what is this some wait, let, let me let me just blow this off this thing that i found oh the the dust just flew off oh okay that's just interesting it looks like it's a seems to be a bonus clip of some sort for a cleanup conversation. Today's cleanup conversation is sponsored by the Gallifreyan Regeneration Spa and Wellness Center. Thank you for that sponsorship. Yes, we're talking Doctor Who Season 12 as a whole. I do believe I did the first few episodes on the uh, podcast, uh, spoke of them in a cleanup conversation, but decided that both with this and Picard, uh, rather than speak of every episode, I would just sort of jam them all together in one talk because I don't really know why. But that's what I decided to do, and that's where we are. So, fuck off. Uh, okay, so Doctor Who, Season 12, uh, rating 5 out of 5, the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a really good season. Uh, there was a few slow parts uh, sort of mid-season where uh, I felt like it spun at wheels maybe a little bit, but overall uh, the fact that so many cool things came to light in the final episode uh, uh, really, really sort of blew my mind and uh, loved them so much. They did something very cool this season where uh, quite often a season arc will have one sort of main bad guy. Uh, this one had the master, ooh, who's, who's always a fun, uh, a big bad in these seasons, but uh, also had the Cybermen, which is also very, very cool as a bad guy. What they did in this one, which I don't know if they've ever really done before, at least to this degree, was combine them into one. <laughs> and this, this is insane. What happened? The master inhabited by the 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 sort of consciousness of the cybermen that's insane that that's like uh, it's uh, l let's see if i could do a uh, uh okay how about this Here, here's the star trek comparison the ooh, 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 and, and just thinking of this oh this is going to be something in the title okay so it's like imagine imagine the borg infected the founders Ooh, that is some freaky, freaky shit. 
Uh, yeah, I, I just gave myself goosebumps with that one. So it's like taking two super big bads from your uh, intellectual property and jamming them together. And I like it. And I liked it. Um, so that was cool right there. And, and I guess we're sort of done with that. It's kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. But then there was the revelation at the end that, uh, and these are, these are big spoilers, but I did warn, um, that the doctor somehow, some way, uh, and, and what I like of this is it has explained a way which some people were upset about or confused about that uh, doctors are only supposed, or doctors, Gallifreyans are only supposed to get, was it 12 regenerations? If you're unfamiliar with Doctor Who, you have no idea what I'm talking about in general, but basically when they quote-unquote die, they can come back, unless they're, you know, like vaporized, uh, come back in a different body, which is also the sort of D&D &D thing. I forget what the exact spell, revivify, reincarnate, one of those, where you come back and you're in a different body. Um... And they're only supposed to be able to do it 12 times, and then they're dead, dead. Uh, but the Doctor has had 13, which, and potentially more, we sort of, there's been hints at. And we sort of learn in this one why that is. And maybe I won't give it away, because it's, it's a very, very cool reason. And, and it's something that I think we talked about in, when we talked about Star Trek Discovery, um, something they did in Star Trek Enterprise as well, where they take lore from previous incarnations and in the new one explain it, throw in sort of um, quote-unquote logical explanations for things that have happened, which I appreciate that they uh, have done here with that. Uh, and it opens up so, so many cool, interesting possibilities that uh, I'm very much looking forward to in series... 13. Why do they call them series? But you know what? Let's end with this. Um, five out of five for series 12. I already said that. But in the UK, uh, a season is called a series, but what do you call a series over there? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Folks, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper